Wildwood Community Church exists to glorify God by connecting people to Christ, His worship, His community, and His mission. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. Well, welcome, welcome. We're ready to do a mom tonight. We have a smaller group. Every, it's funny how every week it gets smaller and smaller, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Um, I know a lot of you, but I don't know all of you, so I'm going to start by telling you about my family. So we will start with the picture. And Bruce and I have four kids, and three of the four are married. So the, on the right is Rebecca. She was our first and Nick is right behind her, and then this is an older picture. Aiden is now 13, and Landon in the blue vest by me is now 8, and Kinsey is 5. And then our second child is Emily with the long blue, and third is Kyle and his wife Brittany, and that's Lincoln, who was a baby. He is now 2 years old, and they have another one, and I'll show you their pictures in a minute that's five months old, and then Rebecca is our baby, and she's married to Zach. So that's our family, okay? Then let's see what Lincoln and Noah look like. There's Noah, and Lincoln's middle name is David, like Kyle, Kyle David, and Lincoln David. And then Noah's middle name is Bear, because Kyle is known as Papa Bear, Everybody at camp has always called him Papa Bear, so they named him Noah Bear. So both boys have one of Kyle's names <laughs> in it. So, And Noah's uh, five and a half months, and Lincoln is two. Okay. All righty, let's look at um, our notes that we got tonight and start in on mom. Okay, an effective mother... Lovingly teaches and trains her children. And Deuteronomy 6, 7 says we should do this when we sit at home, walk along the road, lie down, and when you get up. And that means all day, doesn't it? <laughs> all day long, we need to be teaching. And there's tons of ways uh, that you can do that, and a totally different according to your kids' ages. But you can do it with your kids. You can do it with your grandkids. Um, I really like now with my grandkids, I have a... a minivan with a dvd player in it so when we bought it i told bruce i am going to just try uh, most of the time not all the time but most of the time i just play um, christian videos and so that way i'm just dripping little truth into their minds while we're driving around town and they don't even realize it <laughs> so i've really enjoyed that a lot hey she looks carefully at the wisdom for parents that god provides in the bible and there is a lot of things in there that speak directly to parents. She lovingly and intentionally guides and instructs the next generation. Proverbs 31, 26 says she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. And of course, we all slip up sometimes, don't we? We just do. So we just need to stop and ask God to help us and... Uh, we're just going to have times when we're maybe not being as kind as God would want us to, and so we just need to ask for forgiveness and try to do better next time. Um, you know that God gave you your children, whether they're your own children, whether they're a stepchild or adopted, 
And God knew the children that would be in your home. Um, and he knows that you are the perfect person to raise that child, whoever it is. You are the person one. And God has equipped you for that task. He hasn't equipped anybody else. So you are the perfect person to be raising that child. And he wants you to intentionally teach them because they're not going to learn a lot of things unless they learn it from mom and dad, are they? The world's just not going to teach them. Same for grandparents. You can teach those grandkids a lot of things because you have different opportunities with them. And so you can really pour into their hearts. And sometimes they're a lot more receptive to grandma and grandpa over mom and dad. So, you you know, when you get to that phase of life, you need to take advantage of that. She introduces them to God and helps them understand the Bible. And that is our job. It is not the church's job, and it is not the school's job. Uh, That job will look different according to your child's age. When they're uh, real young, you make the decision to what they're exposed to, don't you? You decide whether you're going to read them the Bible and Bible stories. You totally control what they see. So you really have all the decision. But as they get older, you have to be a little bit more creative, especially when they become teenagers, because they're not quite as receptive, are they? One thing um, that's really good, and it looks differently now because mine is old. My kids did this a long time ago, and it's called Passport to Purity. And it's something that you can get, you know, from familylife.com. You can probably get it on Amazon, too, would be my guess. Um, But this is really good because this is a father-son thing and a mother-daughter thing. And you get away with them and you teach them about sex, okay? And then they also now have a passport for identity for young teenagers. And it's a separate thing for boys and for girls. So you can look... Look at those things, too. Um, When Jennifer was in ninth grade, I decided I wanted to do a Bible study with her, but I figured, well, she probably wouldn't be too interested. So what we ended up doing is the very first night, um, I had her invite, uh, I think there were about five other girls and their moms, and we all went out to dinner. And then they came back to my house, and we did our first lesson. And then we had a sleepover, and the next morning we had breakfast, and then the next day after we had our second lesson, we all went shopping. And that's how we kicked off the Bible study. And the great girls thought it was great. I didn't have trouble getting them to come back. So you just have to be a little bit more creative when they get a little bit older. Number two, she communicates the family's values and priorities to her children. And we do this consciously and unconsciously. Um, one way people communicate things, and you sometimes don't even think about it, is what you hang on your walls at home. For example, it said, a day is lost if one has not laughed. Now, that tells you something about that home, doesn't it? Okay? A place for everything and everything in its place. I feel very self-conscious when I'm in that house. (laughs) That's not me. Okay, and if you want to see me, if you want to see me, come anytime. If you want to see my house, make an appointment. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we do communicate things, even by just what we hang on our walls in our house. It, it speaks to people as they come into your house. Okay. Um, and the question is, have you and your husband ever talked about your family's values and priorities? It's something that you need to, to sit down and talk about and think about because, um, you know, we communicate a lot of things to our kids by what we allow on our television sets. That speaks volumes, doesn't it? And sometimes you can be watching something innocently and you have to be ready to change a channel really fast anymore. It can be crazy. Number three, she models a godly womanhood knowing that her children are always watching. And you know that uh, they're watching because when you were growing up, you were always watching your mom and you were critiquing her. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. And here is a um, sign that I have had in my closet. And I was just figuring it up. And it's been about 25 years now. And it says, treat your children as though you won't have them next year. Train your children as though they won't have you next year. I have had this on my, my closet for about 25 years. I put this up. Some of you will remember Karen Bracken. And she died. Her daughter was 12 years old. And she drove down to Dallas to see her mom. And on her way home, she, was, she answered her cell phone and she drove off the road and she died. And so... This just always reminds me, you know, it's not, it was, it's not a guarantee my kids would always have me around, and it was no guarantee that I would always be around. So we need to be very intentional in teaching and training our kids. Four, she provides regular instruction, correction, and discipline. Proverbs 1.8 says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Kids in nature shows up at a really young age, doesn't it? I mean, really young age. I can remember when our kids were really little, you know, and I'm sure you'd, you'd remember this too. It's like, no, don't touch that. And they'd look at you, and then they'd go like this, and we'd say, no, don't touch it. And they'd pull their hand back in, you know, and we'd kind of turn our head, but we'd still be watching. And what would they do? They'd touch it. You know, little sin nature. I mean, you're talking little, little kids. It's there, and you can see it at a, at a really young, young age. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So it is best, if you can, to really train and teach your kids by the time they're five years old, before they start going to school. They already know a tremendous amount by that age, don't they? They know how to get away with things by, that, by then, very, very much so. They've already learned, well, if mom raises her voice to this level, I'm okay, but if she raises up to this level, then I have to do it. You know, they're smart. They know. Okay? Um, they need to learn that you are in control, and you need to do it, the disciplining in love, not in anger. You need to be careful of that. Um, by having four kids, it was very evident to me that kids are all different, you know? One child, you'll tell, tell them something one time and they'll do it. The other one, you'll have to tell them ten times. And you know, they still haven't caught, caught on. One of my daughters got grounded a lot 
because she would always come home late. She always said, oh, I forgot to look at my watch. You know, well, she'd get grounded, you know, and we told her over and over again. And then another one of my children, every time she went from one place to another, I'd get a phone call. Mom, I just thought I'd call and let you know I'm going over here to so-and-so's house now. You know, I mean, totally opposite. <laughs> it's like, I don't get it. You know, they're just different from the very beginning. They're just different. Five, she does not allow her home to become child center. And it is so nice to be around young families whose children know how to obey mom and dad without complaining and arguing, isn't it? Because you, you, you all have seen families where the kids will just stand up and just get in their parents' face. And it's just, it's just sad to see. It really is. Remember, your children are your children, and they are kids. They're children. You are the adult. You need to be the one that is in control, not allowing your children to tell you how it's going to be. Okay? Proverbs 29.15 says, A child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Discipline your son, and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. And I don't know about you, but I like delight. <laughs> C, she specifically guides her child in four essential areas, identity, character, relationships, and purpose. A mother helps her child understand his or her identity as a gift from God. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And Psalm 139, 13 and 14 says, for you, for you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Children are asking the following questions. Am I loved or unloved? And uh, you can tell your kids that you love them a whole lot, but you can also tell them that God loves them. God is the king of kings, and he loves you, and you know that because he sent his son to die for your sins and give you a way to get to heaven. See, but we have to teach him those things, don't we? Because nobody else will, probably. Um, am I a boy or a girl? We're hearing that a lot this era. It's, it's really sad. I mean, Mark 10, 6 says, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. And my personal answer to that is tell them to look at their body. Is it a girl or is it a boy? That's what God made you. He made them. He made them either male or female. I don't care what society says. God made them one or the other. Am I good or bad? If they are a Christian, you can tell them that they have Christ's righteousness, you know, and, and just explain everything to them and, and, and encourage them in, in that. Am I valuable or worthless? Psalm 139 says, how, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. And of course you are uh, valuable. You're, you were on God's mind before you were even born. So you're very important to God, so you have great value. And we, as parents, have the privilege to help our, understand, our children understand who they are. We can talk them through it. You know, they, 
they start questioning because kids at school start questioning. But you need to sit down and talk them through it and use godly principles. Turn to the Word and find Bible verses for them to, to read. How we uh, respond to them can greatly affect them. And, of course, remember, I'm speaking to grandmothers as much as mothers. You know, we, what we say to them greatly affects them too. I, I saw this saying up once on a wall, and so I copied it. It says, if a child lives with criticism, he learns to condemn. If he lives with hostility, he learns to fight. If he's ridiculed, he will be shy. If he lives with tolerance, he will learn to be patient. If he receives encouragement, he will be confident. If you give him praise, he will praise others. If you give him approval, he learns to like himself. If you give him acceptance and friendship, he will learn to find love in the world. So how we react really affects them. Letter A, children need to know what makes them unique. It could be their personality, gifts, abilities, and or talents. And I think it's important to make a conscious effort to positively reinforce all their unique qualities. And every single one of your children and grandchildren will be completely different. And you'll have to look and encourage whatever their uniqueness is. Um, we can boast uh, their feeling of worth and value if we, if we do that. And wouldn't it be great if moms and grandmas would tend to always encourage them and say good things rather than always criticizing? It's really easy to criticize, isn't it, to see the negative. And sometimes we just flat forget to encourage rather than correct. Sometimes we can get too much into the correcting in and forget to encourage. Um, we need to remember that almost everywhere we go these days that we're on video camera. I'm sure you have seen the women in the store who are screaming at their children. And I just say, if you or your kids are tired, stay home and rest. Don't even take them out. You know, I, it, it blows my mind how I can be at the store at 2 in the afternoon and these kids are just screaming and crying. And I'm like... Well, duh, Mom, she should be in bed, you know. Use your brains. And I just, I, I was just thinking about how with video everywhere, I thought some mothers would absolutely die of a heart attack if something was going on behind them and, and them screaming was actually on a video that got put on a 5 o'clock news, you know. And it could be. You think about these th things, and they're always going places the police looking at videos, and those videos are, you know, those policemen, poor policemen are sitting there watching that lady scream at their kids and stuff. So just stay home if you're tired. <laughs> Don't go out. If you want um, a book that kind of helps you understand the differences in your kids, this is uh, a book by Char Charlie Boyd, and you can get it on uh, at, at Amazon. It's called Different Children, Different Needs. And I really like this one because... A lot of times I see things and think things, but I don't really know how to put them in words. And um, he is really good at showing you the different personalities of kids and, and describes them really well. And it really helps you learn how to pray for them and everything. I used this book um, when, uh, Jenna, when Rebecca was turning 21. 
I invited some ladies over to my house uh, and gave her a welcome to womanhood party. And I asked I asked everybody to just write her words of encouragement or some uh, you know different things, advice, whatever they wanted to write. And so then I was like, oh no, I have to do that too. <laughs> and I'm real not real good with that. <laughs> so I went and grabbed Charlie's book and started looking through it. And I went, oh, there's Rebecca. Okay, now I can write it because he has good wording. I don't, but um, that is a good book if you want to try to understand your kids a little bit better. Number two, a, guy, a mother guides the development of her children's character. Hey, character is built as you affirm positive attitudes and attitudes and right choices. If you see your child doing something kind to their sibling or to their friend, tell them that you saw what they did and that you're really proud of them. Um, be liberal with your words of affirmation. You cannot give them too many words of affirmation because, like I say, we're really good at criticizing and correcting. B, character is built as you instruct and correct. And if we don't help build character in our children's lives, chances are no one else will. Um, one day I learned that uh, some children have, have to give really precise directions. Like I said earlier, some you can just tell something and they just get it and run with it, and others you don't. So I, I learned this. This was an example of that. One day... When Kyle was really young, I told him to go get all the white clothes and put them in the, di- in the washing machine. An hour later, I come down, you know, and I'm carrying all these dark clothes, and I open the lid ready to throw it in, and all the clothes are sitting in the washing machine. Hadn't even been started. So I went and asked him. I said, well, Kyle, why didn't you start it? He goes, well, you didn't ask me to do that. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize I had to tell you every step. Um, and as a mother, I have the responsibility to teach him that, don't I? So I had to tell him, you know, a man of character goes above and beyond what they're asked to do. You know, if somebody asks you to do it, you look at it and you think, okay, what else would God like me to do? You don't do the minimum. You go beyond that. And so... We have, we have that responsibility to tell them that, but then I also had to tell him, you know, that I forgave him, that he didn't do it, it was okay, you know, it was a learning lesson, and now he knows, you know, and that I make mistakes too, you know, and that I would hope that, you know, he would forgive me if I make mistakes, because obviously I make mistakes too, so it's fine, don't worry about it. So it was funny, um, I went upstairs, uh, I don't know, a few days later or something like that, I don't know. I went upstairs, and I had this little note on my pillow. And it says, Mom, I want you to know that you're a great example for me. Even though we all have bad days, you always come back and ask for forgiveness. I want you to know that I look up to you. Love you, Kyle Hess. And then down here he said, If you can't read this, I printed it for you. He was in second grade. Isn't that great? <laughs> that is a keeper letter. <laughs> C, good character is reinforced through rewards and consequences. Rewards include praise and affirmation, increased privileges, bonus money, activity or trip, and celebration. And you probably have more, but that's some. 
Consequences include timeout, assigning extra chores, spanking but not in anger, removing privileges, and grounding. And of course, your consequences will be different for every child. You know, um, if I had to punish Emily in some way, as she, when she got older, all I had to do was take away her phone. And, I mean, that was as bad as cutting off her arm, you know. It was just horrible. But if I said to Kyle, Kyle, you know what, you did such and such, give me your phone, he'd go, okay. He could care less, you know. So you have to find what affects each child because every one of them is totally different. Number three, a mother trains her child in how to establish healthy relationships. Children must be taught to honor and respect parents, and that means not allowing your child to talk back to you in a disrespectful way. You just can't do that. B, respond appropriately to people and authority. And you can teach them to say, yes, please, no, thank you, yes, ma'am, no, sir. That's up to you, whatever you want to teach them. But we definitely have the responsibility to teach them how to uh, appropriately talk to other people. And then C, be unselfish and put others first. And an example of this was, you know, as Kyle got a little bit older, I taught him that it would be really nice if he would open the door for me and for his sisters. And he's really good at it, you know, and... When he was in college, you know, I would be around and, you know, girls would take a double take when he'd stand there and open the door for them. You know, they really thought that was awesome, you know, because not very many college guys were doing that for them, you know. But we can teach our sons how to do that. And you can teach your grandson how to do that, you know. Um, then another thing I taught Kyle was I was started noticing that whenever we got a pizza... You know, I'd say, it's time to eat. The pizza's here. He would run, and he would just grab a plateful. And I said, okay, Kyle, another lesson here. It would be good if you would let the girls go first. Why? <laughs> you know? And I said, because that's the, that's the gentlemanly thing to do. You need to let the ladies go first. And I said, you do not need to take every piece that you plan to eat the first time through. You take a couple pieces, and then you come back. But we need to teach them those things, don't we? And we want to teach them because we want them to be a really good husband someday and a really good dad someday. And if we don't teach our sons how to do these things, they may not ever do them. So we need to do those kind of things. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So see, all throughout the Bible, you're finding these little nuggets, aren't you, that you can teach your kids. Letter D says, be kind, compassionate, and loyal. Um, and really praise your kids when you see them, these things in their life. It is just easy to, to ignore that. And praising really energizes people, doesn't it? When somebody praises you for something, you, you just go, oh, well, thank you. That makes you feel really good. Kids are exactly the same way. They will really react to that. Four, a mother prepares her children for a life of purpose. Children are prepared as you and your, fa are prepared as you and your husband help them. 
A, understand their purpose as a child of God. And that is to, to live for God's glory, right? We need to teach them that. We need to do things that will glorify God. B, discover their gifts and talents, strengths and weakness. Um, and we do this when we just give them different opportunities to try new things. C, their parents loving and caring for the, let them see their parents loving and caring for others. You can do this by helping your neighbors. Maybe, you know, your neighbor has a huge pile of leaves and you go out and help them rake. Or maybe they're out of town and you mow their yard when they're out of town. Uh, There's all kinds of ways that you can show your kids that it's, you know, good to help others. Participate in serving God and others. Mission trips, serving at church, caring for those in need. One of the neatest things that we did was take our whole family one year to Mexico. And it it really, really affected Jennifer. She went at least five times back again. And then, of course, she had a real heart for missions. And now she's living in Mexico. (laughs) Bummer. No, not really. (laughs) She's right where God wants her to be, and that's good. Okay, she helps to shape the future by equipping and influencing the next generation. And I've always loved enjoying, you know, being kids. I just like being around kids. I always have. And it's neat because I think some of that is robbed off on my kids. You know, they like being around kids too. And I know not all people like to be around kids. But um, you can influence them in that way. And then number two, a wise woman depends on God. Many women are overwhelmed by their responsibilities as a wife and mother. Marriage and parenting are often very hard work. No, really? <laughs> you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> but as a Christian, we have God's promises to encourage us each and every day. Things like Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we need to remember those important verses. Maybe put them on our mirror and so we get reminded by those kind of things. One time Bruce and I went to a 3D movie and I was amazed at how much better the movie looked and how exciting it was with the 3D glasses on. I really enjoyed it. Later, I thought about how much better my life became after I accepted Christ. It was like putting on the 3D glasses. A lot more things came alive. And uh, my, my life was good before I had a personal relationship with Christ, but it got a whole lot better after I accepted Christ. It really was very, very fun to see all that God had to offer that I didn't know before that point. So let uh, me encourage you to accept Christ's forgiveness for your sins. We all sin, but God is willing to forgive us, isn't he? Okay? And we need to be filled by his Holy Spirit and enjoy, enjoy life more as God works in and through us. Remember your priorities. Your relationship with God comes first, followed by your support for your husband, and then your care for your children. The Holy Spirit will empower you to do what may seem impossible. If we've made the choice to trust Christ as our Savior, then he sent the Holy Spirit to come live inside of us at that point. So if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And uh, do we live like we have the Holy Spirit inside of us? A lot of times, no, we don't. 
Um, here is what I think often happens for a lot of women. We really work hard at things. We work, 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 work. And then we feel frustrated because we don't feel like we're progressing or enough or something isn't happening well enough or something. And then we end up getting frustrated. And um, we wonder sometimes as a wife and a mother, how can I do this? I have just been working my rear end off and it's just not turning out the way I wanted it to be. But we have to remember, if we've trusted Christ, we don't have to do it in our own power, do we? We have the Holy Spirit. We just have to remember to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. And a lot of times we forget that that's where our power comes, to be able to do these things. It's kind of like, sometimes I think it's like we work, 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 and then nothing. But it's kind of like vacuuming your house and looking down and go, well, that did no good. Oh, I forgot to plug in the vacuum. Well, that's what we do. Some days we work, 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 and we didn't plug into the Holy Spirit all day long. We just did it all in our own strength, and we are completely exhausted, and we don't have to live our lives that way. Another thing, it's kind of like baking cookies and putting the cookies in and then going, oh, I forgot to turn on the oven. You know, it's just common sense. God gave us the Holy Spirit to help us, so why don't we ask him to? Something we need to really work on sometimes. We have to tap into the power source that God gave us. John 15, 5 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Thankfully, God provided us uh, with the power to fulfill his design through our dependence on the Holy Spirit. So if you're struggling a little bit, maybe you need to plug into the power source and ask the Holy Spirit to help you do things. Letter D, trust God's design, follow his plan, and leave the results to him. Proverbs 31, 28, 30 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done exceedingly, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So the big question is, will you choose to become the woman God has designed you to be? It's totally up to you. God gives us choices. He doesn't force us to do anything. He gives us the choice. So you have, you have the choice when you leave tonight, okay, am I going to start trying to do things God's way and get into the word and find out what God's way is? Or am I just going to go home and do it my way? Your life will look completely different if you decide to keep doing it your way or if you decide to start following, it, following God's way. So I am just going to pray and close this house out, and then I'll talk about what's on the back. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for bringing us all here uh, again tonight. And I thank you for giving us the opportunity to be reminded to live our life in a way that will glorify you, God. That's really what we want. We want to glorify you. We want to become more Christ-like. And we just pray that you will help us in that adventure and Lord, uh, I just pray that each woman here will always seek your word to become a better mother and become a mother, better grandmother. And Lord, we just thank you so much that you gave us your Holy Spirit to give us the power that we need to be a really good mom and a really good wife. In Christ's name, amen.
L is for the way you look at me. O is for the...